Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and I can't start today's show without talking about the ISO 10002. You know, some people just love to complain, but companies have a responsibility to care. The International Organization for Standardization, ISO, has revised ISO 10002, the standard for complaint handling. This document enables organizations to foster a customer-focused environment, open the feedback, tightening their customer satisfaction. You can get the ISO 10002 standard from the American National Standards Institute, ANSI, U.S. member body of ISO. Visit ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. That's ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 13 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs of all one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. Well, we're meeting with Ken Hutchison, the president of U.S. Lawns. And all of U.S. Lawns landscaping professionals have a genuine commitment to improving communities and improving lives every day, which is a big reason they became part of the network to begin with. We're going to talk to Ken about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. Stick around because we have a great show. Franchise Teacher. Would you like to know how to franchise your concept or grow your franchise business? Meet the experts at Franchise Teacher. The goal of Franchise Teacher is to teach, coach, consult, and advise. The team of experts at Franchise Teacher will evaluate your business model and present you with a winning business strategy. Franchise Teacher will help you decide whether or not your concept works and if it's franchisable. Franchise Teacher is proud to have over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Franchise Teacher are developers of over a dozen franchise systems, which include brick and mortar as well as home based concepts of nearly 3,000 combined franchise locations. Whether you need to add more units or get more customers, Franchise Teacher can help. We will teach. Franchise Teacher will help you learn our proven system. Coach. Franchise Teacher will help you provide a game plan to succeed. Consult. Franchise Teacher will make sure you stay on track. And advise. Franchise Teacher will help you learn from our over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Take advantage of our free, no-obligation phone consultation. Simply go to FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. That's FranchiseTeacher.com. Or call us at 561-385-3032. 
Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 13 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs of all one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. Well, we're meeting with Ken Hutchison, the president of U.S. Lawns, and all of U.S. Lawns landscaping professionals have a genuine commitment to improving communities and improving lives every day, which is a big reason why they became part of the network to begin with. Hi, Ken. How are you? Welcome to the show. Good morning, Marty. How are you? I'm doing great today, Ken. We always like to ask our guests, where are you calling from this morning? Hey, Marty, I'd love to say that I'm calling from the U.S. Lawn's home office in Orlando, Florida, where it's sunny and 70 degrees. But, Marty, I'm in Philadelphia today. Oh, and while are. it's beautiful here, it's not quite the same. <laughs> so, getting, I, ready I laugh, to start a series of, getting ready to start a series of some meetings, and that'll make it good. That's great. Well, that's fantastic. I, uh, I'm about 50 miles from Philadelphia again, so it's, I don't even have to ask you how the weather is today. It, I guess it hits you hard, doesn't it, when you come from Florida to Philadelphia, doesn't it? It does. But, you know, as you are, I'm used to this, and, and this is the yeah. world we live in. It's wonderful. Good time of the year for <laughs> us, too. We love snow and ice. That's right. That's fantastic. You know, U.S. Lawns, Ken, I mean, has, has a great history and, and, and a long history. You know, I can't say, you know, we've done – 650 plus shows and and there aren't a lot of franchises that come on the show that have been doing this as long as you've been as you've been doing this maybe you could talk a little bit about you know or describe the history of u.s lawns yeah marty certainly i can speak about the history of u.s lawns since i was in touch with the brand in its most early days and and before taking a leadership role in the late 90s so it's been a blast and what i can say is you know, beginning in 1986, when we were first started or founded uh, in Orlando, Florida, that's still where right. our home office is, we okay. always did one thing, and we pushed the boundaries of the commercial landscape man- management industry. Let me, let me explain what I mean by that. Yeah. Uh, we, were, we brought a level of professionalism from the first day to this business, and that professionalism mm-hmm. is our owner, but it's also our customer. And we're proud to say 30 years later, we're still driving hard. We're staying relevant. We're delivering value to the customers, the owners, their employees, and most importantly, to the market. Uh, it's cool stuff, man. I think that's great. Ken. You, you know, when I was studying your model, Ken, you know, what I got from U.S. Loans, too, you know, and I've always been very familiar with the brand, though, is, but what I didn't know is, is that you really have a strong culture at U.S. Loans, don't mm-hmm. you? Maybe you could talk a little bit about that because I thought that was really important. Yeah, that's a great question, Marty. And uh, just to share this, you know, we learned early on that tools and systems, processes, technology, Mm -hmm. all of that is crucially important, without a question. But the real key to success, going back to 86 and continuing today, that real key to success is our values. It's that culture. We started, we knew that building our brand based on what we valued would be what would lead us to success. 
building and on we, what we value, not only right, for us, we, but for our franchisees. Yeah, and right, that's what I was going to go, Ken. Is I think that's important because I also got that as well as that's what you want, and we'll talk about that. You know, is what that's what you want in your franchisees. You know, and you, you know, you've been doing this. I mean, your background is very impressive, Ken. I mean, you've been involved in franchising for a long time. Not to make you feel old, but what is it about franchising that that you like? Because you've been doing this such a long time, and it seems to me you, you're going to probably be doing it the rest of your career. But what do you like most about franchising? Uh, you never know, Marty. We may have bigger goals, but um, but I love franchising. I am absolutely yeah. passionate about it, and and it does go back to people. Uh, mm-hmm. There is nothing like dealing with a person that has everything on the line. When a franchise owner takes that leap of faith, and it is a leap of faith, uh, right. when they take that leap, they have invested everything in the brand. It's well beyond money. It's their, sure. it's, it's their self-image. Uh, right, it's tough to of go course. to your family and say, I am paying somebody to help teach me how to mow grass for a living. Uh, right. That's a tough thing. So that's important. But then from a bigger and deeper perspective, when we're serving our customers, and really when we started this brand, it wasn't built to sell franchises. It was built to serve customers. When we're wow. serving a customer, there is nothing that beats having an owner in the community that they are serving, an owner that's fast on their feet, an owner that can deal with the customer's needs, deal with the employees. There's nothing that beats that. And we put our model side by side against company-owned models, and we can outperform them every day of the week and have a little fun doing it. It's not all about business, man. Right. Absolutely. I, I, I think that's very important, Ken. I, I think that's terrific. How do you, you know, a lot of people are familiar with the U.S. Lawns brand, Ken, but I, I mean, if you're meeting someone for the first time, I mean, how do you typically describe U.S. Lawns to, a, let's say, a prospective franchisee? Yeah. Um, you know, there was a time when I would share a 30-minute story with you about that, <laughs> and I've learned that I have to be a lot more succinct. We're in a culture today that says 140 characters or less. So, so now that I've taken up that time, uh, here's what I would say. Marty, if you were a prospect in front of me, I'd say we are yeah. the leading franchise opportunity that specializes mm-hmm. in year-round grounds maintenance and landscape services exclusively mm-hmm for commercial businesses. And then I would go a little deeper, though, and I'd say, you know, our goal is 100% franchisee satisfaction. You need to know that. And we strive to achieve it by providing some of the best training and support, and that's good. Cutting right to the chase, we're invested in your success. We're going to be here to help you achieve it. It seems like one of the goals, too. Oh, go ahead, Ken. I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, what it really boils down to is we recognize that the strength of the brand depends on the performance of each owner. And right. we've got to develop these owners into a strong, strong person with a scalable business. That's terrific. And I noticed too, that, um, U.S. Lawns, Kent, I mean, it looks like you're up to about, I guess, about 250 units or somewhere in that area. And I, it sounds like one of the goals too, is I guess at some point is to, is it to be in all 50 States? Yeah, you know, we're in 41 states today. We have about 262 territories. I was looking last night because we really, really keep up with that. So we have 262 territories, 41 states, and our goal is to be in all 50 states. 
but as importantly, our goal is really to serve that multi-site commercial customer the best we can. So if our customer has a location in California, Los Angeles, right. we want to be able to serve them equally well in Orlando, Florida, or in Boston, right. Massachusetts, or in Philadelphia, because so many of our customers are connected. So it's about having better coverage, which includes more territories that are operating at the consistently high level they need to, so we can achieve 100% customer retention. Right. So it is about having locations, territories, high-performing territories where our customer has a need. It's great you set your goal so high too, Ken, you know, 100% retention. You know, I mean, that's, that's the goal. And I, I think, you know, that's, of course, part of the success of, of U.S. lawns. The industry, your industry is, is interesting, Ken. Um, I, I mean, are there any numbers on the industry? And, and, and what do you like most about this industry? Uh, there are numbers on the industry, and, and we feel like our role in part as a franchisee or franchisor mm-hmm. leading our franchisees is to be like a board of directors would be with a big company. And right. part of that goal, then, is to really, really deeply understand the industry and, and, in fact, drive the industry, and we're proud of doing that. So this is the world of landscaping is a fragmented industry. No right. single company has more than a very small market share. There's a, over $90 billion in play here, wow. uh, growing at about 4% annually, which doesn't sound strong. Understanding, though, the green industry has a number of different market segments. In right. the commercial landscape services segment, it grows at a faster pace than that 4%. And in wow. fact, we're proud to say that we grow at a much, much faster pace. So about a $90 billion industry. So there's wow. still plenty of room to roll it up and grab market share. Now, you ask what I like about the industry. Yeah. What a wonderful industry. I mean, you know, even today in, in Pennsylvania, uh, you walk outside and you feel good. And right. that's what we're in charge of. We take care of everything outside of your building. We're a ground scare company year-round, 12 months of the year. We're doing snow and ice uh, during the winter. We're picking up sticks. We're doing mulch. We're mowing we are improving our communities. We're beautifying our surroundings. And that just feels good. Uh, good for us, good for our owners, and good for the team that we built. It's important for the brand, too, isn't it, Ken? You know, I mean, it, it, the outside of a building represents an image, right? I mean, and that's part of the brand, I guess, for any company, isn't it? It is. And uh, when I talked about earlier adding a level of professionalism to this industry, Uh, We do partner with our customers. We are an extension of their brand. So when we're wearing uniforms, when we're speaking knowledgeably about the the business that they're in, in fact, if I'm dealing with a hotelier, I want to speak the language of a hotelier. If I'm dealing with an apartment community, I want to speak the language of a resident manager Uh, A banker, I'll speak the language of a banker or a facility manager. 
And so we are an extension of their brand. It's uniforms, it's safety programs. Uh, And even when it comes to the scope of work and the care we give them, we give a different level of care to a warehouse than we would a Ritz-Carlton. We understand their business. We're an extension of their brand. That's that's very powerful, Ken. And I guess it's safe to, you know, call your industry recession proof, right? I mean, this is something that, you know, a business cannot uh, sacrifice on, right? I mean, it's just, it, it, it's something that's all year round, whether the economy is, is good or bad. So I guess it's safe to call it recession proof. Yeah, very much so. And we can validate that because, Marty, we've been through recessions, right? Right. Uh, we went through <laughs> one of the greatest recessions we've ever known. And yes. during that period of time, We grew year over year, both system-wide and same store, and our margins increased. What we did do, and this is where, back to your earlier question of what I love about franchising, when there's an owner in the community, that owner can walk in, talk to a customer, and say, I feel your pain. What can I do to help? What was really cool about that period of time is, instead of the customer backing off on service levels, the customer mm-hmm. advanced because in the scheme of running a business, a hotel, an apartment community, or a shopping center, we're really a small part of that cost, but we are a right. huge part of the way it looks. Finally, they're dealing with a budget, not their own cash. In right. the world of the residential market, they were they were damaged during the recession. Right. Oh, yes, moved I on. agree. And I guess that's why it makes sense, Ken, right, to go after that market. I, I, was, I was curious, you know, with U.S. lawns, I mean, if there ever was the temptation to go after the consumer market or has that ever come across your, 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 your desk? Uh, has that ever been asked to you before? Oh, sure. And we ask it internally, Marty. We're not yeah. uh, complacent. Our, again, back to the board of directors analogy, we consider it our obligation to stay mm. relevant. And so Mm -hmm. whether it's adding layering technology in, whether it's adding service lines, smart water management, uh, robotic mowers, battery-powered equipment, propane, whatever it may be, we consider it our obligation. So we test on a regular basis. Are we doing what we should be doing? Residential will come around someday possibly, but it's just not quite there today, and we're not willing to distract the brand from where we have success today and where we see it going in the near future. That's great. I imagine too, Kent, I mean, because you've been doing this such a long time now that you've seen, I mean, technology has certainly changed, right? I guess from when you first got into the business to where it is today, that must be interesting for you too, to see as technology advances in your industry as well. Yeah, uh, it, it certainly has. I mean, we long ago, we brought systems and processes to the business In the early days of technology, we digitized those systems and processes, and today we're going about it in a totally different way, and and that's exciting. In fact, one of the reasons I'm in this market that I'm in today is to visit with our technology partners where we're shifting our focus from building technology that supports the business to building technology that supports the man or woman in the truck working for us, shifting the focus Mm. to the employee to where how can we make their life easier, better, faster, smarter, and and maybe even uh, give them a little more self-esteem through technology. 
uh, exciting, cool changes. It's a power of franchising too, isn't it, Ken? You know, again, you've been doing this a long time, you know, is that, you know, you have this whole team, you know, thinking for the franchisee as well. Not to say that the franchisee can't think about these things, but you have this whole team thinking about all these things to help improve or simplify their lives and, and, and make them more productive. And I think that's fantastic. Right. Yeah. That, you know, you think about it. And by the way, long, long ago, I was a franchisee in, in another world. Mm-hmm. And as a franchisee, you're 18 hours a day fighting fires, thinking about your business. And you might be thinking right. a month out, three months out, six months out. But even if you have the idea, you likely don't have the scale to be able to execute well on it. What is really right. cool about franchising is we can bring world-class resources to somebody who's running a relatively modest business, a million, two right. million, three million dollars a year. Wow, that's great. Maybe we could talk a little bit about franchising, Ken. Um, I mean, when you're meeting with a prospective franchisee, or what does U.S. Lawns look for when you're meeting with a prospective franchisee? I mean, there are there any specific types of characteristics or traits? And, you know, maybe what were some of them doing in, the, in their past lives before they be, became a franchisee to U.S. Lawns? You know, in the years that I've been in this, and, and, and as you've described, it's been a while, I'd love to say that we have profiled the, the perfect franchisee, and right. we haven't. Uh, in yeah. fact, I've said forever that um, diversity creates a stellar team, and maybe that's why we have a stellar team, mm-hmm. because we have a very diverse, diverse group of individuals. What I yeah, do see, though, are some common traits. And one is they are self-starters. They're hard workers. They've got to have a passion. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, they, they've got to have a dream and a vision. And then it's a matter of connecting with them. Now, as I look at where we're at today, and I've been watching very, very carefully uh, what our successes look like and maybe what they did before, and, and I'll share just a couple of anecdotal sure. stories about that. One is I'm seeing a lot of success with people who came out of that corporate world. Uh, they didn't get stale in that corporate world. They still had a fire uh, but it also gave them a little uh, respect for process, for rules, uh, experience that you can't get on your own, ability right. to deal with people. And we've had a fair amount of success taking somebody out of corporate America, showing them the wow. vision, showing them what can happen, and converting them into a U.S. launch business. And it's been exciting because those franchisees are running a business, not a landscape company. And right. they treat it like a business. They scale up very, very quickly uh, and, in fact, many times become multi-territory owners and seeing great success. The second area that I've noticed is we started, as so many franchisors did, started looking at the, the veterans coming out of the service, whether it be mm. a recent move out of the service or a move out right. of the service from years before. And, and I see some success there. Why? They like process. They like discipline. They're used to it. They may have groaned and moaned about it when they were in the service, but really they like (laughs) it. And we can deliver that to them in part because of the nature of our business. You know, we are a recurring recurring service. We're on properties every week. We're sending teams out every day doing the same thing day after day after day, just scaling up. And that appeals to that veteran. And it allows them to taste success, and we're excited about that. 
Uh, and then the other area that is not real common in franchising, but it's strong with us, and we've done this from day one, is conversion franchising. Someone who's mm-hmm. already in the industry, they, they've not been damaged, but they see, right. they see the future. They see what it could be. Sometimes they've seen us, and they've said, that's right. what I want to be like. And right. we can take somebody who still has a fire in their belly, someone who's still passionate and energized, add some tools in, show them the right market to pursue, coach them, help them sell, uh, train them, help them train their employees. We bring those resources to them, and it is cool to see them in our Million Dollar Club two years later uh, wow. or in our Hall of Fame five years later. And right. so we still have success with conversion franchising. Wow. That's fantastic. You're, you're mentioning uh, training, Ken. I mean, what, what is the training like? I mean, do your new franchisees, do they come down to Florida to corporate headquarters? Is that where the training kind of starts? Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, Marty, it starts before, before training. It starts during that open house, and we start sending messages. Uh, we start conditioning that new franchisee to, right. to accept what we have to offer. Uh, but we do bring them down to Orlando to our home office and spend five days there. And at that session or those sessions, because it's long days, a lot mm-hmm. of hard work, um, right. they're learning some things from, from our experts in the field, but they're also developing connectivity with so many different people who will support them after they leave. So once they right. do leave, though, after that first five days, that's when we really kick it off. Marty, we have a development team, and this is not common with every franchisor. We have a development Mm -hmm. team that understands that we've got to work with the emotions of that new franchisee and their family, as well as give them practical guidance and advice. So they are really, really good at that. They do it hands-on. They're in the field with those new franchisees, and they stay connected at the hip for 18 months to two years. Uh, with wow. so many of these franchisees. So that's cool, and that's good stuff, but it can't stop. And so right, we continue right. working on uh, support on an ongoing basis. We have coaches in the field. We do the classic annual conference. We do sales boot camps where we're bringing business developers together regionally and coaching them. Right. We're doing account manager boot camps. Uh, we're uh, leading a growth summit next week in Tampa, Florida, where uh, we're going to speak only about selling and growing your brand. And that's These are all things that are part of our ongoing training that starts before the start and never ends. We're following a roadmap that continues and continues and continues. Uh, and then we've got the classic 24-7 technology and, and things like that that you would expect. So the key is support, isn't it, Ken? You know, and it's interesting, Chris, you know, I, I imagine there are people that, you know, have no experience whatsoever in your particular industry. And, of course, that is the beauty of franchising, you know, is that you can teach someone that has as a business background or, or corporate America, you, you can teach them how to, to do all this. But that support is very important, I guess, particularly in the beginning and, and, and throughout the process. But I guess it's nice to know that you do have such a strong support development team, you know, to get them through maybe like the first couple of years. And I guess after a while it becomes second nature, doesn't it? 
it does become somewhat second nature, but uh, we've got to still have training and tools available to those yeah. uh, managers that work for the owners, and, and then we'll have transition. We've had some incredibly successful resales the last four or five years, right. uh, which means we're bringing a new owner in. That's This happened a week ago, a new owner in that steps into the shoes of the old owner, and he's running a $2 million business. We've got right. to get him up to speed in, what, 24 hours maybe? Give sure. or take. Right. Uh, right. So he's starting the process all over. So it's a never ending. Wow. What as far as a typical, busy. I was going to say, Ken, as far as a typical day, I, I mean, I guess every day is probably a little bit different, but of course there are probably some similarities as, as well. Um, is, is it possible to paint a picture of what a typical day is like for a franchisee? I imagine they're making a lot of sales presentations and following up with customers and things of that nature. But what else does it include? Yeah. Yeah, they are. And, and, you know, it does change. We look at it being a first one to three years, there's a certain lifestyle, three to five years, another little different lifestyle. And after five right. years, a completely different lifestyle. So not uncommon, like any small business, it's right. a lot of hard work at first. Sure. Uh, rolling up yeah. sleeves, long hours, right. launching to grow the business. We do encourage that franchisee to hire a business developer first day. We love to see that owner growing the business. Uh, we don't particularly like to see them in the field too much other right. than right. connecting with the customer. Yeah. Uh, I'll go back so years ago, Marty. Our mantra was close to the customer, close to the employee, and go bowling on Friday night. They've got to stay close <laughs> to that. that customer. They've got to stay close to that employee, just staying in touch in body or spirit. So first two to three years, they're 100 miles an hour with their hair on fire, uh, wow. building a team, building a customer base, just what you would expect. That's bowling on Friday night, in fact. That's their hobby uh, and their job. Three years into it, they should have built the team, built the team of customers, built the team of management, account managers, crew leaders, gardeners that are out doing the work. They're getting a little more relaxed. They're running the business now, more of a work-at-will type situation where it doesn't require their direct oversight day-to-day. -day. Now we're talking about a vacation occasionally, which is pretty right. rewarding at this point. Of and, course. And they've got the financial ability to do it. Moving past that, you get five years out. They're running a big business at that point, typically with a general manager, a good leadership team, and, and they're enjoying the fruits of their labor, exciting stuff. That's not to say they're not working hard every day, sometimes really long hours. That's what they love wow. to do. I, I love that mantra, Good Ken, you know, uh, because it really, it's, it's, it's part of the values um, of U.S. lawns, you know, is, is staying close to the customer, staying close to the employee. I, I think probably what happens sometimes is, is that, you know, as, as you become successful, sometimes you, you move away from the employee, right? Or you move away from the customer, you know, and, and what you're saying is that you always have to be, close to that customer and close to your employees and again, go bowling on Fridays. And, 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 and that probably leads to a lot of the, the success of course of us laws. And I, I think that's, I think that's really powerful. Right. Right. That's, it's still our mantra today. We use it as a way I've used it. We also articulate right. it different ways. Uh, for example, we've got a best place to work initiative that keeps us close to that employee We've got a customer experience initiative that keeps us close, close to that customer. We talk about balance a lot, balance, right. balance, balance. 
balance in your business, balance in right. your personal life. Uh, once again, back to franchising, it's not all about business. Uh, if, right. if the home life is not positive, uh, the business will fail. And we, I think, address that probably a little better than some other franchisors that um, are driven in more of a corporate style. That's terrific. You mentioned a lot of these things during the interview, Ken, but are there any other, any other things that stand out? I mean, of course, you know, all businesses have competition. So I'm sure you get the question from time to time is what makes U.S. lawn stand out from other similar concepts that are out there. And you mentioned several of them. But is there anything else you think that, that kind of makes you or separates you from everyone else that's out there? Uh, you know, it is, it is that culture. Uh, yeah, it is that yeah. focus on what's really, really important, the franchise right. owner, their families, yeah. the customer. It's having all of that wired together pretty well. Uh, right. You know, and there's clearly tactical things, the systems and processes, the training and support, the power of the network. And that's speaking of the power of our owners, uh, the power of the brand, you know, having right. a nationally recognized brand. All of this is certainly uh, helpful and it do- does set us apart, particularly from a distance. Uh, right. And it doesn't hurt that this has all been validated for a number of years, leading us to be today one of the largest companies in the landscape industry, that $90 wow. billion dollar industry. We're in the top 10 largest companies. No wow. other franchise is there. That's powerful. What I like too, when I was researching the concept, Ken, is that you know you do U.S. Lawns does work with your franchise partners to uh, choose the right locations in terms of markets or, or site selection. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that because not all franchises do that. Yeah, it's um, it is not with us the way Marty it would be with a brick and mortar because we right. are not a storefront. Right. People don't right. come to us, or at least customers don't. Now, I'll contradict myself and say employees do, and part of our best place to work initiative is be sure you show well from the street. Be sure your employees are comfortable and safe in the work environment you're Mm. created for them when they dispatch every day. What we do, though, starting at the start is we'll do a little market study to be sure the market that the prospect is looking at really will support the franchise the way it needs to. Right. We can look right. at our market verticals, how many hotels, how many healthcare facilities, multifamily, industrial, uh, on and on and on, to be sure that the franchisee will be successful in that market. We'll outline right. a territory, and it is a protected territory, where we won't sell another U.S. Lawns franchise. Right, so right. they're in the territory. From then on, we'll help them as they locate a centrally uh, uh, positioned facility, allows the trucks to dispatch efficiently. So we'll help them locate that, and we'll work with them to build it out loosely in the standards that we have. Again, we're not a storefront. We don't use planograms. We don't all look exactly the same. Right, right. It depends on the needs of the market and the needs of the franchisee. So we'll help with that. That's first phase. The other thing that's really exciting about our concept, though, Marty, since it is service-based and it is scalable, Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see our owners, franchise owners, many times own their facility over time 
And one of the wealth building strategies is uh, as you grow, move to your new facility, buy that, rent the old facility out, move to the third facility. And at some point, they may have two or three pieces of commercial property that they're renting to other service companies. What a great retirement. Uh, Absolutely. I think that's. It's very clever. Absolutely. I, I think that's fantastic. You, you mentioned um, some of the growth uh, plans earlier, Ken. Um, I mean, are there any key markets or uh, is the brand targeting for growth and expansion? So uh, we've, um, as I said earlier, we've got locations in 41 states, right, uh, 262 right. locations. So we've got good coverage. But one of our missions today, our vision is better coverage, more territories. Yeah, we see right. a need in the Midwest to be very tactical and specific. This moment, we are really targeting hard out in the Midwest. We need to connect right. some dots there. That's right. not to say we don't have plenty of territories and opportunity available everywhere else. But that sure. Midwest region of the country, we need better coverage. Customers right. need us there. Right. That's terrific. I've mentioned in the interview several times, Ken, you've been doing this a long time. So when I have someone like yourself on the show, I always like to ask the question, what advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise? You probably remember in, in, you know, early on in your career, you know, there's, there's so much out there today. And we find that our listeners, many of them, they don't even know where to begin because there's There's like 3,000, 3,500 different systems. From everything you've learned up to this point, what advice would you give to our listeners then in their quest to buy a franchise? Yeah, it's funny the way you pose that question. And we are asked, you know, what should I look at by people? And I'm not speaking about our prospects. I'm speaking about family, friends, and and acquaintances who say, you know, I want to buy a business or I want to get into a business. What do I look at? And when you become a buyer – Instead of a seller, you really get your eyes open, Marty, and it's tough to find right. real information. And so one is I am a big believer in franchising. So the advice I'm going to give, number one, is it will increase your chance of success right. uh, based on four things. One, power of the brand. Two, right. systems and processes, training mm-hmm. and support, power yeah. of the network. If yep. these are in place, you've got a good yeah. shot at making it. But heads up. Yeah. Not every franchisor is created equal. You really need to talk to franchisees, the power of the network. That's the network of franchisees. Speak to franchisees as importantly as just ferreting out are are there good things happening or negative things happening. Right. You feel like you'd fit in. You need to fit in. You've got to fit the brand. And you'll learn that yeah, from the home powerful. office team, and you'll learn that from the franchisees. Visit the home office of the franchisor early, early on in your process. Right. It's very powerful. What's the best way, Ken, for our listeners to get more information on U.S. loans? Of course, is the franchise opportunity, but even the service itself. Are there any websites you can kind of direct them to? Right. It's a single great website that will take you in many, many different places, and that is uslons, L-A-W-A-N-S, dot com, uslons.com. 
easy enough. And I got to tell you, it was a pleasure to speak to you today, Ken. You know, it was, you know, I've always wanted to interview U.S. Lawns, and you finally gave me the chance, and I think you have a tremendous franchise opportunity. I'd already like to invite you back as you continue to grow, because I think this is fantastic. Well, Marty, I appreciate the opportunity, and as importantly, I appreciate the opportunity to be one of your listeners now and to be part of that listening family. <laughs> Thank you. So, thanks so much. This has been my pleasure, Ken. And we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? For over eight years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi everyone, this is Marty McDermott from Franchise Interviews and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, where each podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, we've been hosting Franchise Interviews many years now and you can actually hear the show in a number of different places today. You can go to, of course, FranchiseInterviews.com where we have our interviews arranged alphabetically. Um, we also have interviews arranged by category. So if you have a particular industry that you're interested in, you can go to the category of your choice and check out all the different interviews that we've done over the years. Um, our show has been syndicated in a number of different places. Of course, you can hear our show on blogtalkradio.com. We've been working with Blog Talk Radio for many years now. And um, you can hear the live shows there, and then you can download them as an MP3. Uh, you can hear our shows on Stitcher.com. You can hear our interviews on, I think it's pronounced, I, I always want to call it Blueberry.com, but it's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com, which is another podcast service. Uh, you can now hear our shows on iTunes.com. And, of course, you can hear our shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week, if you're a diehard fan to our show, on Live365.com. And... Uh, we have over the years over 420 shows. So if you were to listen to Live365.com uh, for two weeks, there's a chance that you may not even hear the same show twice. So uh, that's how many shows we've recorded over the years. But today's Great Quote and Franchising podcast comes from Darren Guccione. And Darren is the CEO and co-founder of Keeper Security, Inc. And what's interesting about this podcast we had Darren on the show as the uh, founder and the creator of Keeper, which is the world's most downloaded password manager and uh, digital vault. 
And Darren is a real um, entrepreneur. And one of the questions that we ask on the show is, what advice would you give to an aspiring entrepreneur or franchipreneur, someone looking to buy a franchise? And that question is usually directed to someone who has been directly involved in franchising over the years. But again, Darren's uh, Darren is a real entrepreneur. His background is 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 in accounting and business. And um, I thought his response was just as great as anything that we've heard on the show. So here we go with Darren Guccione, the CEO and co-founder of Keeper Security Inc. Amazing. It's amazing technology. In studying your background, Darren, I mean, the, I was mentioning earlier, I mean, the majority of our listeners, again, we call them aspiring franchipreneurs. You know, they want to go into their own business, and they're kind of like heading towards the franchise alternative. What advice would you give to them? Because you're, you're certainly, in studying you, certainly classified as an entrepreneur. So what advice would you give to them? Well, you know, I'm a... You know, my background is uh, engineering, technology. I'm also a CPA, and right. I've always had an admiration for franchises. Um, one of the things that I love about franchises, among other things, is that you can analyze the different franchise models that are out there, the brands, the type of businesses, and you can quickly identify which ones are successful. And typically, you know, they give you a roadmap of what you need to do to execute. You know, when you start a business without right. a franchise roadmap, you, you typically don't necessarily know where you're necessarily going to go or wind up. And yeah. so you get a greater sense of security and guidance when you can pick a franchise model that, A, you know, fits within, you know, your goals in life, your interests in life, and B, you know, provides a really sound you know, infrastructure for you to build a business with a great support system around you. Most businesses that are one-off businesses don't have that. So there's a greater sense of, you know, uncertainty out there um, when a a business owner or an entrepreneur, um, as you've outlined it, decides to, you know, pursue a franchise versus doing something completely fresh and new. I think the risk profile of doing the latter is much greater. So that's you know that's my response to that. No, it's it's fantastic advice. So any final thoughts, Darren? Fantastic interview with Darren Guccione. So I want to thank everyone for making our show such a success, and this podcast has really just taken off over the years, and uh, we got some really great new Great Coast in franchising coming up. So uh, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you again soon with another edition of Great Coast in franchising from Franchise Interviews. Take care, everyone. Franchise interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interview.